Ayah number 76. Now an example is given of man's helplessness despite his power, despite his riches, despite his knowledge. Because generally, what is it that makes us criticize Allah's decisions? What is it that makes us refuse Allah's decree, His orders? That I know better, I can disobey, nothing's going to happen. We are deceived by our power, we are deceived by our freedom, we are deceived by our knowledge. So over here an example is given that no matter what we have, we are still helpless before Allah. And this example is of Qarun. Inna Qaruna, indeed Qarun. Kana, he was min qawmi Musa from the people of Musa alayhi salam. People of Musa alayhi salam, meaning he was from those people to whom Musa alayhi salam was sent to. And in particular, from the Bani Israel. Qarun was from among who? The Bani Israel. From the people of Musa alayhi salam. But what did he do? Fabagha. But he rebelled. He exceeded the bounds. Alayhim against them. Against who? Against his own people. Meaning against the Bani Israel. So فَبَغَى عَلَيْهِمْ He tyrannized them. He oppressed them. It is said that Qarun, he was actually Musa salam's cousin. Alright? Now even if he was not a direct cousin, he was from the Bani Israel. Musa salam was from the Bani Israel. And since the Bani Israel are a tribe, were a tribe, each person is somehow related to the other. So he was a relative of Musa salam. He was related to Musa salam through blood. And Qarun was very, very rich. He was very wealthy. And his richness is described over here. But because of his wealth, he actually turned against Bani Israel. And he sided with Fir'aun. It is said that Qarun was appointed by Fir'aun as a tax collector over the Bani Israel. Right? Because he was from among them, so he was appointed by Fir'aun that you have to collect the taxes from the Bani Israel. Alright? And instead of being lenient with the Bani Israel, how was he? He was very oppressive. He dealt with them arrogantly. Allah says, فَبَغَى عَلَيْهِمْ Why did he turn against his own people? What is it that made him so heartless? I mean, so insensitive. What is it that made him like that? It was his friendship with Fir'aun and it was his money. And sadly, this is what happens with many people that as soon as they you know, make friends with certain rich people or big guys, then it's as if they have no mercy left for the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As soon as a person gets money, it's as if he's in a different world now. He doesn't have any feelings of compassion for Allah's creation. So, فَبَغَى عَلَيْهِمْ وَآتَيْنَاهُ And we gave him مِنَ الْكُنُوزِ Of treasures. Kunuz is a plural of kunz. We gave him treasures. Meaning he had no need to be oppressive with the people. Allah had given him so much. You know, this oppression against the Bani Israel could be being very strict with them, demanding too many taxes from them and being very unfair with them. That even though they were living in very miserable conditions, he had no mercy for them. He was never lenient. He always took from them. Did he really need to take all that money from the Bani Israel in the form of taxes? Did he really need that? No. Allah had already enriched Qarun. 
Allah had given him so much money. But still he turned against his people. And kunuz, remember it's the plural of kanz. And kanz is used for a treasure, a huge amount of wealth. And sometimes it is used to describe wealth, which is a law, because no zakat was given on it. Meaning no share of the poor was taken out of it. And also that which is hidden. Meaning everybody does not have access to it. So Allah gave him treasures. How many treasures? How much was this wealth that Qarun had? Ma that which inna indeed mafatihahu its keys. Mafatiha, mafatih, plural of the word miftah. Miftah is key. So the keys of those treasures, because a kanz is locked up, right? It's hidden. So it had to be locked up. Now let's say there's a box, or let's say there's a room, and it's locked up. How do you lock it? With a key. Alright? Now sometimes what happens, you know some people their keychains are, they have maybe two or three keys. Why? They need a key to their car, they need a key to their house, and they need a key to their mailbox. Khalas. But then some people they have an extra key of a locker in a bank, and then another key of a locker in another bank. The more keys you have, what does it mean? The more treasures you have. Right? Another person has like five more keys because of their business. Right? So, more keys you have, more treasures you have. So, the keys of his treasures, how many were they? There were so many that they would latanu'u. Surely, it, meaning they, meaning the keys would burden. They would burden who? Bil'usbati. An usba. A group of people. Which kind of group of people? Ulil quwah. Ones of strength. Meaning, he had so many treasures that just the keys of those treasures, when they would be carried by a group of strong men, that group of strong men would feel burdened by those keys. So it wasn't just one keychain with a, you know, with five or six keys. How many keys was it? How many keys? Probably many, because the word usbah is used for a group of 10 to 40 people. Okay? 10 to 40 people. So he couldn't even carry the keys of his treasures himself. This is the point. He needed a whole group of strong men to just carry the keys. Alright? Now it's possible that the keys were really big at that time, which is why it would burden a group of people. But even if they were big still, how many were they? How many, you know, treasure boxes did this man possess? How many, you know, storehouses? How many, you know, places in which he had locked up his treasure? How many banks did he own? Like seriously. You see some people, their wallets are very light. And some people, their wallets are mashallah, mashallah. Bags. Some bags are very small, empty, and other bags are like stuffed with stuff and you wonder what is in there. You shouldn't wonder by the way. Whatever is there is there. Okay? So لَتَنِعُوا بِالْعُصْبَةِ أُولِي الْقُوَّةِ This is just to you know make us understand how much wealth this man was given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what happened? إِذْ قَالَ This man he especially rebelled against his people. إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ قَوْمُهُ When his people said to him meaning the Bani Israel said to him لَا تَفْرَحْ don't be too happy. Don't show off. Don't rejoice. Inna Allah la yuhibbul farihin. Indeed, Allah does not like the exultant. Farih from farh. 
Farh means to be happy. Were they telling him, don't be happy with the blessings that Allah has given you? What kind of happiness is this? Farh, it's basically rejoicing above measure. Rejoicing above measure. Meaning, you know, there's a certain level of celebrating your victory. Alright? You're like, yes. Okay? And then there's another way that you just throw your bat up in the air. And you don't care if it falls in somebody's head. You just throw it up. Because I'm the man. I'm the best. You know like they say that some people are very good at celebrating and others are horrible at celebrating. They will boo, boo, boo others and they will go on creating facade. This is rejoicing above measure. So la tafrah. They said don't rejoice above measure. Don't behave unthankfully. Don't show off. Don't be exultant because Allah does not like this arrogance in people. And this is an important lesson for us also. That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us any form of victory, any form of success, any blessing, we shouldn't be showing off. We should be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like the Prophet ﷺ, when he entered Makkah as a victor, how did he enter? How did he enter? Bowing down, right? His head was so low that his beard was almost touching the saddle. In Surah Al-Mu'min, Ayah 23-24, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا مُوسَى بِآيَاتِنَا وَسُلْطَانٍ مُّبِينٍ إِلَىٰ فِرْعَوْنَ وَهَامَانَ وَقَارُونَ فَقَالُوا سَاحِرٌ كَذَّابٌ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Musa a.s. with miracles, clear evidence, to who? To Fir'aun, Haman, and Qarun. But they all said, he's a magician. So Qarun also, he turned against Musa a.s. He turned against his people. And he was very proud of that that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given him. So his people advised him, that don't be so happy, don't be deluded by your wealth, be grateful to Allah. And they didn't just say, be grateful, they actually showed him how to, they actually told him. And this is a complete advice, which we see in the next ayah. You know, it's very easy to say, don't show off. But then you tell the person, what should they do? Right? Give them an alternate. So what did the people say to him? They said, وَبْتَغِي and seek. Go ahead. Yes. They, uh, his people, the people of Qarun, meaning the people that he was related to, the people that he was from, that he belonged to, and who were they? Bani Israel. So over here, Bani Israel are advising him, meaning some people from the Bani Israel advised him, don't show off. Right? And then they continued, they said, and seek, fima atakallahu, through that which Allah has given you, whatever Allah has given you, what is it that you should seek through it? Ad-dar al-akhirah, the home of the hereafter. You see, money is not bad in and of itself. Its use is what makes it good or bad. Right? It's about how you feel about it that makes it good or bad. So they told him, seek the home of the hereafter through this money that Allah has given you. Wala tansa, and do not forget. Tansa from Nisyan, Noon Sinya, do not forget nasibaka, your share, minad dunya, of the world, in the world. Meaning just because you're pursuing the hereafter, don't completely leave worldly pleasures. Right? Remember to have fun over here too. That's halal. Right? In the halal way, use the money that Allah has given you. ahsin. The third thing they say to him is ahsin. That do ihsan, meaning be good. Kama just as ahsan Allahu ilayk. Allah has been good to you. Meaning, Allah gave you so much. So you should also give to others. Be generous. 
towards those who have less than you. In the Quran, Allah tells us, وَفِي أَمْوَالِهِمْ حَقٌّ لِلسَّائِلِ وَالْمَحْرُومِ In their wealth is a share. For who? For the questioner, meaning the one who asks, and the one who is deprived. وَلَا تَبْغِي الْفَسَادَ فِي الْأَرْضِ And they also said to him, do not seek fasad in the land. Do not desire corruption in the land. Why? Because إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمُفْسِدِينَ Indeed, Allah does not like those who cause corruption. A beautiful balance is taught over here. Four things are mentioned over here. Okay? The first is, use what Allah has given you to earn the home of the hereafter. Meaning whatever money, whatever strengths, whatever blessings Allah has given you over here, what is it that you should be seeking through that? Jannah, Allah's pleasure. Because this world is ultimately the mazra'ah of akhirah. It's farming land. Right? For the hereafter. So use this to gain profits. Where? In the hereafter. Use this money in the right way. You have such an amazing opportunity to earn the home of the hereafter through what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. Because if a person does not have money, can he give charity? And if he cannot give charity... How can he be of those people who will be given 700 times more than what they spend in the way of Allah? He can't be of those people, right? This is why the Sahaba who were poor, they went to the Prophet ﷺ and said, that, Ya Rasulullah, these people who are wealthy, they've gone ahead of us. We can never catch up with them. And the Prophet ﷺ, he advised them to do certain adhkar, right? So use what Allah has given you to earn the home of the hereafter. The Prophet ﷺ said, this is a hadith in Bukhari, that the wealthy persons would have little reward on the day of resurrection except upon whom Allah conferred goodness. And he dispensed his wealth, meaning he gave of his wealth to his right, to his left, in front of him, and at his back, just as the wind diffuses fragrance. Wind. Right? What happens? For example, wallflower or something like that, you put it up on in your wall and you enter the room. In fact, you enter the house and it smells beautiful. The whole house, not just the area around that candle or whatever it is, but the whole house smells beautiful. So just like that, if a person has been given money and he spends to his right, left, everywhere, whatever opportunity comes, then this person will be fortunate on the Day of Judgment. Otherwise... Because of his money, he will be in more hardship on the Day of Judgment. Because he managed to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more with the money that he had. And over here, I would like to make you aware of an opportunity. Alhamdulillah, our new screen is here. Alhamdulillah. I don't think it's been installed yet. I don't know. The screen is here. Because remember, the screen was broken. Alright? So Alhamdulillah, the last time when I mentioned to you in Dhul Hijjah, and mashallah, whatever money was brought in with that, alhamdulillah, a new screen was purchased. And what is left now is the projector. Okay? Because we want a better view, right? Won't you like it if you were sitting somewhere in the middle or in the back and the, and the view was just crisp, you know, clear? So that you're not wondering if that's a dot or that's a fatha, right? So inshallah, the projectors are needed and the cost for that is $3,000. 
Alhamdulillah, what we collected last time in one day was a little over a thousand dollars, and Alhamdulillah, that covered the cost of the screen. Barakallahu feekum, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you abundantly for whatever share you put in that. And inshallah, the projector is what needs to be bought now. So whatever you would like to contribute for that, please make sure you take a, an envelope or a piece of paper or something, label it. Okay, masjid projector. And then inshallah put it. Because whatever money it is that Allah has given us, you know, for example, $20, you could spend it. You could just go away like that. Doesn't it? When, when you fill out your kid's pizza lunch order, right, for the month or something, it comes up to like 15 17 $20 easily. For just two months or something, or maybe one month. So easily, you know, $20 could go like that. You just eat it and khalas. But if you put an equivalent amount in a projector, because of which people are learning the Qur'an, that is worth it. You know, you're seeking the home of the year after through that. Because you're not going to get to enjoy pizza because of that $20. You're going to get to enjoy rewards, eternal rewards in the year after. So seek through what Allah has given you the whole of the hereafter. Use this money to earn Jannah. Don't just think about pleasures over here, enjoyment over here. Think about later also. Second thing they say, وَلَا تَنْسَ نَصِيبَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا Do not forget your share of the dunya. Meaning don't just give all of the money that you have, you know, in the way of Allah. So for example, you find, okay, it's $3,000, I've managed to save up $3,000 for my, you know, fees next term. So $3,000, gone. And now January, you're struggling, where do I pay from? Right? You know, be balanced over there. You're living now, so you have to take care of your life now. But remember, you also have to live later. So make sure you spend for that also. وَلَا تَنْسَ نَصْلِبَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا Thirdly they say, وَأَحْسِنْ كَمَا أَحْسَنَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْكَ Be good just as Allah has been good to you. Meaning give to others. Bring delight to others as Allah has brought you delight. Bring joy to others. Bring comfort to others just as Allah has given you comfort. Why not? You know for example, you have a really nice phone, right? However, it's described the screen, okay, like really sharp picture, okay? You see it so comfortably. You don't have to strain your eyes to look at it. Don't you want that people should also be able to look at a screen on which Quran words are displayed and they can see it without straining their eyes? Right? Ahsin kama ahsan Allahu ilayk. Allah gave you. What are you going to give to others? And this teaches us that whatever good Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed us with, we must bring that to others also. If it's money, share it with others also. Give to others also. If it's knowledge, then give to others also. If it's, you know, the ability to do something really well, share that with others also. Share the joy, the skills, the strengths that Allah has given you with others. In a hadith we learned, the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ لِلَّهِ أَقْوَامًا يَخْتَصُهُمْ بِالنِّعَمِ لِمَنَافِعِ الْعِبَادِ وَيُقِرُّهُمْ فِيهَا مَا بَذَلُوهَا فَإِذَا مَنَعُوهَا نَزَعَهَا مِنْهُمْ فَحَوَّلَهَا إِلَى غَيْرِهِمْ Allah gives special blessings to some of His servants in order to benefit His creation through them. 
You understand? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses certain individuals. He gives them extra blessings. Why? So that He would give to His creation through these individuals. You understand? This is Allah's plan. Because if Allah wanted, could He not have given equal amounts to every single person? Couldn't He? He could have very easily. But why is it that Allah has given more to some and less to some? Because Allah is giving an opportunity to the one whom He has blessed with more, right? that through Him, Allah is providing others. So as long as He spends, meaning this person spends on others, His blessings remain safe. Meaning He has them. But if He withholds them, then Allah takes it away from Him and gives it to others. Someone else. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us any kind of ni'mah, any kind of blessing, whether it's financial, whether it's in the form of a car, whether it's in the form of good strength, you know, good skills, whatever it is, as long as you share it, you're protecting it. The moment you hoard it, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it, sooner or later. Then the fourth thing they say is, وَلَا تَغْغِلْ فَسَادَ فِي الْأَرْضِ Do not seek corruption in the land, because Allah does not like those who cause corruption. How would a person cause corruption in the land through his money? I don't think you need to reflect much on this. It's pretty obvious. That first of all, by hoarding. Right? When they hoard, when they keep everything to themselves, then this creates such a big imbalance in the society. Right? And when you hoard something, it's going to go bad. Isn't it? Like for example, you got this big box of dates, really nice fresh dates. Okay? And you're like, yum, my favorite type, and I'm just going to keep it to myself. You're like, should I give to somebody else? No, 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 I am deserving of it. I should enjoy it. So what happens? You keep them, keep them. How much can you eat? How much can you eat? It's going to go bad. Right? And especially those soft dates, what happens to them? They actually turn really hard. Really hard. And you don't enjoy eating them at all. So then, what do you do then? If Allah gave you such a big box that you cannot fit in your tummy, it means that you're supposed to give to others. So when you will keep it to yourself, you're causing fasad. You're destroying, you're wasting resources. Aren't we wasting resources then? We're wasting them. So this is a form of fasad. Likewise, when a person has a lot of money and he's only concerned about his own pleasure, his own enjoyment, then he becomes so selfish in pursuing his desires that he doesn't even think about the consequences. Right? We don't even think about the consequences. You know, for example, it's a very small thing. I watched this documentary recently, Addicted to Plastic. I watched a portion of it. Addicted to plastic. And this is a reality that we as a nation are literally addicted to plastic without even thinking about the consequences of this thing, of this plastic. You know, somebody told me recently that their son is now, I think, maybe 30 years old or something, maybe over 30, that back home when their son was a baby, you know, her parents' house, big property, and she said that she happened to be there, so the baby's diapers, okay? You know, basically there was a part of their property in which there was a big hole, so they threw the garbage over there and covered it up. Okay, it was their property, they could do whatever they wanted to. And part of their garbage was also dirty diapers, okay? Now, 
after like 30, 35 years, they dug the whole thing up to build something on it. And they said when we dug it up, the diapers were still there. Ew, exactly. They were still there. Just think about it. You know, we so easily we take plastic wrap out, we cover our dishes with it, put it in the fridge, take it out the next day, take the plastic off, throw it in the bin. This plastic that we just conveniently tossed in the garbage can could actually kill a bird. It could actually kill a whale. It could actually kill sharks. It could actually kill so many animals. Do we even think about the consequences? We're just thinking about our own convenience, aren't we? We could take a container that has a lid and put the food in that and not put it in the fridge as opposed to just putting everything plastic wrap, plastic wrap, plastic wrap. Just because I can afford it, you know? I can afford it. Just because we can afford things, it doesn't mean it's okay to do it. We have to be conscious. We have to be aware of the consequences also. وَلَا تَغْرِ الْفَسَادَ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمُفْسِدِينَ We don't really need to do a lot in order to change these habits. Just become a bit more conscious. You know, for example, every class we would have plastic bottles over here. And alhamdulillah, there's no plastic bottle now. Because somebody in this class was after me. Why do you drink from plastic bottles? I said, because I forget to bring my own bottle. So you bring it for me. So now a bottle is brought for me every Saturday and Sunday. And because of that, alhamdulillah, I'm saving two plastic bottles per week. You know what I mean? It's just changing your habits and realizing that this is something that needs attention. How much pollution we cause just because we can afford to. وَلَا تَبْغِي الْفَسَادَ فِي الْأَرْضِ Do not cause corruption in the land. And then also excessive indulgence. You know in the Quran Allah tells us وَكُلُوا وَاشْرَبُوا وَلَا تُسْرِفُوا Eat and drink but do not be extravagant because when we are going to be extravagant we are going to cause imbalance. You know we want so much food that is cheap and because of that uh, we don't care about what consequences it has for you know the lands or the animals or the birds and our health even. Don't be so selfish, just concerned about your own pleasure, pleasure of the tongue, and because of that you're causing so much chaos in the land. What was Qarun's response? He got mad, irritated. He said, Innama, indeed only uti to who I was given it, ala ilmin indi, due to knowledge that I have. In other words, basically he said, I have no need of your advice. Thank you, but no thank you. This wealth I have is because I deserve it. It is the result of my own knowledge, my own skills, my own efforts. This is because of me. So you don't need to advise me to thank Allah, to take care of the people, to be careful. Keep your advice to yourself. And this is sad because today also, you know, for example, when we get something, when we achieve something, many times we want to give credit to who? Ourselves. Qarun said, I have this because of ilmin indi, my own ilm, my own knowledge, my own skills. I earned it. Allah says, awalam ya'lam, did he not know, annallaha, that indeed Allah, qad ahlaka, certainly he destroyed, min qablihi, before him, before who? Before Qarun, min al-quruni, from generations, plural of qarn, man, those who, huwa, he was, ashaddu, stronger, minhu than him, than who? Than Qarun, quwwatan in strength, wa akhtharu jama'a, and more numerous in gathering, in accumulation. 
did Qarun forget that before him so many people who were much stronger than him, much more resources they owned, they possessed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed them? What does he think? This arrogant statement is going to let him continue as he is? وَلَا يُسْأَلُوا And he is not asked عَنْ ذُنُوبِهِمْ About their sins المجرمون, The criminals What is being said over here? That what happened in the past Think about it People who showed arrogance Were they allowed to continue as they were? No So how can you say such an arrogant statement? Do you think you were the best? People before you were better than you What happened to them? What are you saying? Think about it And what is mentioned at the end of this ayah that the criminals are not asked about their sins, what does it mean? That on the day of judgment, Allah will not ask the sinful about the sins that they committed? Just right now we learned that Allah will say, where are those shurakat that you associated with me? Didn't we read that ayah? Wasn't that a question about their sin? So what kind of questioning is this? You see sometimes, you hear that someone has done something wrong and you ask them, did you do it? Why do you ask them, did you do it? To verify. Right? So this is what is meant over here. That on the day of judgment, the criminals will not be asked, did you commit this sin? Because Allah needs verification. No, Allah already knows about how guilty they are, what sins they've committed. So much so that on the day of judgment, sins will be displayed. They will take a physical form. In Surah Al-Rahman, Ayah 39, we learn, فَيَوْمَئِذِ اللَّا يُسْأَلُ عَنْ ذَنْبِهِ إِنْسٌ وَلَا جَانٌ No human, no jinn will be asked about the sins that he has committed. In Surah Al-Rahman, Ayah 41, Allah says, يُعْرَفُ الْمُجْرِمُونَ بِسِيمَاهُمْ The criminals will be recognized by their marks. So what's the lesson over here? Thinking that we are independent of Allah is pure foolishness. Because of our money, or because of our knowledge, or because of what we have achieved, thinking that we are independent of Allah, this is pure foolishness. Because we are what we are because of Him. We have what we have because of him. So look at the people of the past. So what happened? Fakharaja. He came out. Who? Qarun. Ala qawmihi. On his people. Fi zinatihi. In his full adornment. So this was his baghi. Now he really wanted to show off. Okay? He was told, don't show off. He's like, yeah, you're telling me don't show off? I'll show you what it is. So now he really showed off his wealth. What did he do? He came out before his people. Fi zinatihi. In his full adornment. Meaning with all of his wealth displayed. Displaying his wealth. Okay? To basically show the Bani Israel, I don't need your advice. And what happened eventually? What do we learn? That Qarun was actually swallowed in, into the earth. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like such arrogance. That a person becomes so arrogant that when he is advised, Instead of accepting that good advice, he becomes even more haughty. He becomes even more arrogant. You know, one of the biggest sins is that a person is advised, Ittaqillah, fear Allah, and he says, mind your own business. Don't advise me. So Qarun, when he's displaying his wealth, what is he saying to the Bani Israel? What is he communicating with them? Mind your own business. I don't need your advice. I will display my money because I earned it. And this kind of pride is something that Allah hates. In fact, pride, arrogance is something that Allah hates in His servants because it doesn't befit us. So the earth swallowed Qarun. And that detail, inshallah, we will study in our lesson. Alright, we will listen to the recitation.